Hello, welcome to the Damon Patch Podcast, episode 303. That was, that, that was the most normal intro. Yeah. Come on, Ryan. And you yeah. guys ruined it by, by commenting on it. That, that, that's why I had to do it. It just felt too normal. We, we, have to, we have to come up with something clever when we get to the 404 episode. <laughs> oh. Podcast not found. We'll just not post a podcast that way. There you go. Or, or just dead air for two hours. <laughs> yeah. Or we'll come, we'll we'll do something lame and we'll like do like an introduction like, uh, what was that movie? What was that lame movie? That one lame Terminator movie. Not Genesis, that, the other one. That one lame Terminator movie? That one lame, the one lame Terminator movie. Um. Oh, with Batman. Uh, yes, that's his salvation where he comes. <laughs> remember the like the promo line for it was like, if you're hearing this, you are the resistance. We could do something like stupid like that as the intro. Uh, Red Letter Media did a, did their half in the bag review, or no, their Plinket review for Transformers. Right. It's just two hours of like the transforming sound, you know, where they oh. go from one to the other. It's just two <laughs> oh hours God. of that. And there's no actual Plinket <laughs> review. It's so fucking good. What the hell? Anyway, that's Adriano Petty. Um, hey. Matt Lawrence ruined the opening of the show. What? Uh, some of the top stories today. We had uh, Gamescom kickoff, and they had their opening night live, so we have some highlights from that. Uh, PS5 pre-orders are not open, but you can register to be notified. That the fuck is the pre-order? All right, all right, we'll talk about it. Um, Ubisoft won't include physical copies in their UK collector's editions uh, for upcoming Xbox One games, and we have an update on the uh, the big uh, story um, of Apple v Epic. It's kind of funny that they're called Epic because it makes the sound <laughs> more epic than. And what it actually is. Then it has any business being. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, those are the stories. Um, what's new with you guys, though, Adriano? Um, same old, uh, finish up the Overwatch uh, Summer Games event. So now I can retire that. Uh, I would say until the Halloween event, but I also know that a new competitive season is going to be starting soon. So I'll have to actually do those. Um, some Mario and some. Hearthstone and some you know Ori in the Blind Forest. Isn't that I mean, game it's... short? Yeah, but I only ever play like 15 minutes since. Oh, okay. When you said that you were going to like only play Overwatch for the seasons and the uh, events, I yeah. thought, oh, you're not going to be playing it that often, but turns out <laughs> they're, it's all the time. Yeah. 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 yeah, we, we math it out. <laughs> if, you, if, you ignore just, if you ignore the competitive stuff, you have six events a year. Three weeks per event, that's 18 weeks a year. I mean, that's less than half the year. That's, but 18, that's more than, that's more than four months. But if you look at it in terms of seasons, like other games do, typically the seasons between, or the, the, the break between seasons can be a day or like a few weeks. It's usually not even a month. Yeah. But like doing that on top of the competitive placement matches that I still do. Like it's still a big chunk of Overwatch, so like that's me dialing it back, but that's still still quite a bit. That's a lot of Overwatch. And then uh, I've I've been playing some uh, Jedi Fallen Temple Order, something, whatever it's called, Jedi Fallen Order. Jedi Fallen Order, yes. That's the one because I am I am quite excited for Squadrons. I am really excited. That's surprising to, for to get into a cockpit and just. You can do that in Battlefront, though. Yeah, it's not, but that's. I feel. No, this is a dedicated game. This is a. I'm actually really excited for it. I like. I showed my nephew. I told him, like, Matthew, get it. We're going to be able to cross play. We're all going to be able to play on our own systems. It's going to be great. So I'm trying to get through 
Jedi Fallen Order. Um, I got to Matt. Do you care about that game? Uh, no, like Fallen uh, Order. Yeah. No, God no. I defeated. I think it was the second sister, the 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 big big burly one, the oh, linebacker. Yeah. The linebacker. Yeah. Um. Uh. And then I got the double double bladed lightsaber. Do they have football yeah. in in Star Wars? Uh, they have something like it. They show they show like a like a like a shot of one in uh, Attack of the Clones. There's um, like droids playing it. Yeah, but uh, for some reason, I I get the impression that if it was more prevalent in the universe, we would have you know how they'll they'll be uh, maybe not with Disney at the helm, but you know how back in Episode One and stuff the, the, is my closest memory, I guess, of this is you'll see the all the themed stuff you'll see like cutouts at grocery stores cheese with like anakin on it and stuff like yeah. that I, I kind of figured that around the super bowl you would have like droids if there was a star wars movie coming out that year you'd have like a patriots logo on the on like a droid or something ryan, ryan are there celebrities in the star wars universe are there famous people yeah 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 of course like who max who? rebo okay that toy of max rebo sitting yeah. there. <laughs> that was so good who is uh who's max rebo what's his story he's uh he's the best jizz player around uh what <laughs> <laughs> right to it the best what player jizz no <laughs> all right this total, this makes total sense now all right gotcha um the whole, the whole... wikipedia article? no please please don't please don't please don't um <laughs> I gotta be careful how I Google this. Yeah, yeah. Um, so <laughs> I've been playing that. Um, I that game is fantastic looking. It is a beautiful game, except the goddamn Wookies. The Wookies look like. Tra- oh yeah. They, I'm not sure what happened there. I don't know what like. Can they not render hair across an entire body? Like because because the main the main kid. Um, the schleb, whatever his name is. Kale Kestis. Yes, whatever his name is. Like his hair, like if you notice in in the wind, like it will blow, it'll get tasseled, he'll he'll like it like it's good rendered hair. But then you get to the Wookiees and holy shit, it's the same character model and it looks like trash. Like it's just I wonder if uh maybe they were added kind of late. Late, possibly, but holy crap, are those bad? Is it due oh. to the hair, maybe? Because you just said the one guy's hair is like pretty detailed. Maybe that that took all the computing, maybe. all the computing power. Maybe, but like also they don't they don't have any new original sound effects. All of them, all the sound effects are chewy. Like you, like I can tell you <laughs> the sound effect from which movie because like I I just know those sound effects. So, um, but I, I am enjoying that game. I feel like I guess I might be more than halfway at least. Would you yeah, say... I think at that point, when, if you if you just defeated um, the second one sister? of the sisters, yeah, yeah. So, uh, yeah, that's pretty much me. I'm going to buy. Oh, I bought Forza Horizon Three, like I said, I was for virtually nothing. Um. So, and then I'm going to buy the Avengers game. I'm going to pre-order that so I can play with you, uh, you guys. Other than that, nothing really. Um, quite a bit of, uh, Ghost of Tsushima actually. So I think it was last weekend, I guess I, I just had like a couple afternoons, free afternoons. So booted up that Ghost of Tsushima. Um, 
got pretty far, actually, from what I can tell. So I'm done two out of the three objectives in the uh, in the second act. Did quite a few of the side missions, uh, as well as did all of the duels that were on the map so far. So I think I have one final duel left. Um, and, I mean, that's just, that's just side stuff, but that's still... I'm trying to... I don't know, it's weird. So the game, the game almost begs to have, and this might sound really weird, but the game almost begs to have more loot in it because there's a variance, like a, a big variance in the armor that I have. And because there's such a big variance, I just keep wanting to see what the next piece of armor looks like. Mm -hmm. And so I keep every single time I see an objective, whether it's like a tail from one of those musicians or just a random side mission, if it says, oh, it unlocks new armor and unlocks new blade, I go right for it because I, I want to see it. So I've been doing that. Uh, I have a full uh, I have a full outfit with the one of the straw hats, which is freaking awesome. I run around with that all the time. Uh, mm -hmm. It's hilarious. But I've been really enjoying the game actually. I, I I don't know about I don't know whether it's well I guess it wouldn't be this I don't know. So my TV is pretty bright. Like it's a bright TV. If 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 there's white if it's like a full white screen like it's it's bright even across the room and. That game is, like, freaking dark sometimes, man. Like, not in terms of story, in terms of actual lighting. I did a full duel in the forest. And what, what happened was, is the, the weather just changes on a whim in that game. And if it gets, you know, foggy, and it's later in the day, or it's, you know, heaven forbid, it's night, and there's no moon out or whatever. Holy crap, is it dark. And then I was in a forest on top of that. So, I, I guess it's realistic in that the, the, the shadows where they would be heavy are very heavy in this game. And then there's very bright areas, you know, you stand on the edge of a cliff and you look down and it's day it's daytime and it's sunny and it's super bright out there. So it's accurately portrayed, you know, I'm not complaining, but holy crap, I basically did a whole duel and I really couldn't see my opponent. Like if I saw him again, even though I was just fighting him, if I saw him again, I wouldn't recognize him because I couldn't really see him. So that's my only... I. I I noticed, actually, and I, I don't know whether you can say this without story spoilers, if this is even a story spoiler, but I noticed that the middle region, so the Act 2 area, seems to seems to have, and I think this is why it's darker in some areas, it seems to be less of a plains and more of a mountainous area around the edges. So there's a big sort of plains area, there's a big rice field, so there's like an agricultural area, that's very flat. But the southern region... It had its, you know, peaks and ups and downs and hills, but they were just that, more or less. They were hills, some cliffs, but more or less hills. And this, I find that in this region, I find myself getting constantly sort of stuck when I'm heading. So the window blow, you know, left, I'll go left, keep following it, following it, following it, bam, hit a cliff. And so I got to like find my way around it. And I I only hit that a few times in the south, the southern region, and I'm finding it, finding it that I'm hitting it a lot in the middle region. So... I don't know if you can comment to that, Ryan. I noticed that the weather is crazy, and I noticed that geog geographical stuff that I just I mean, said. It's not too. really a story like spoiler. It's just yeah, there's just different biomes and and stuff like that. So it's just yeah, more about I... this. Um, thankfully, the game does have quite a few um, uh, like areas where you can climb up the mountains. Yes, and and you with that hook thing, there's yeah. like there's like a you have like a climbing hook thing and. It, it that works pretty well. Um, I will say, I will say one thing that is sort of jarring, and I don't know whether it's there's two things that are jarring. One of them is definitely kind of buggy and kind of eh, in terms of mechanic, and another thing is like maybe it's just my skill. First thing is 
when you're going around like an edge of a cliff, the jumping and the sort of mounting things mechanic, like when you're climbing down cliffs and stuff like that, it's very smooth in a, in a sort of very scripted area where there's sort of those reddish sort of rust almost colored uh, rocks and you climb up a cliff. It's very smooth in those areas. But the instant you get into some situation where you're like on a tree, you jump off at a weird angle that the game didn't expect, and then you land near the edge of a cliff or something, or even if you're just walking around the edge of a cliff, I find that his reaction is weird. I find that it's very sort of almost invisible wall-ish, and sometimes I can jump off, and sometimes I can't. And I know that obviously I'm not spending a bunch of time on the edge of these cliffs, but I do find if, if anything is janky in that game, that is really janky to me. Yeah, there's a lot of rough edges to the game. You can kind of see where the where the game starts and the immersion disappears. Definitely. And and another one with that then is, and this could be my skill, is the blocking and parrying. I, oh, it's, it's tough. It It's tough, but the thing is, is so a perfect parry, as far as I understand it, and I read it at the time, but remember, like from memory, it's like a perfect parry is like they're about to hit you, so you, you click the button. And like you click the, the parry button. Sometimes I freaking miss that. Like, I miss it big time. And it does not a perfect parry, but it does a parry. And other times, I hit it within a totally reasonable window of it not being a perfect parry, and it does a parry. Then other times, I do what I swear is a perfect parry, and I get hit. Or I swear it's a regular parry, and I get hit. So the timing is not only difficult, but I'm, it's also just, to me, it's unclear. I just don't know when to parry half the time. No, I feel the same, uh, especially with the guys with the spears. Oh yeah, or, or like the pikes. It's like whenever they do that, um, like it, you can you can parry it with an upgrade. I think like one of their heavy attacks. Um, I, I cannot get the timing on that one. I try and I try and I try. I just can't figure out the timing because, I, and I'm pretty sure I'm hitting it before they hit me, and I still get stabbed every single time. That that's the janky part is yeah. there's times where I swear it, like like there's times where I'm just in a smaller area and so the camera's pretty zoomed in and I can see the weapon and I can mm-hmm. see where it's landing and see where it's swinging and see its position and I I know like I know it didn't hit me and it just didn't do the parry and then I got hit so it's like as yeah. if I missed the parry it just didn't do anything and then I got hit and it's like well he was moving I toward think so, me yeah. I think it has to lock in, and if you're not locked in in time, you'll get hit regardless of whether you did the parry or not. I feel as though, and I don't know whether this is accurate, but I feel as though the guys at the later part of the game, so I'm like I said, in the second island or whatever, the second part, the guys in the later part of the game are more difficult, which makes sense, but they're more difficult in... In more ways than that they do more damage. Like, I feel like their parry window is less. Or stuff stuff like that. I don't know what it is. But, if I'm in the, like I said, in the second region, I'm running around. If I come across some bandits, even though they're second region bandits, those bandits get dispatched in seconds. Yeah. And then sometimes I'll run around. There'll be some, there'll be some freaking mercenaries running around, whatever. They'll come out and attack me. I'll dispatch all three of them in, like, no problem. Then I'll go across a, a, a group of two. And one guy will just kill me instantly. And it's like, holy Christ, like, and, and I'm getting used to the game too. So like, you know, I'm playing for a while, whatever. And so I'm getting used to the game and I'm getting used to parrying all in that one play session. But then I just, all of a sudden my timing is just ruined by, I don't know what. And then I just have no confidence anymore. I'm just like, can I even go into these battles? <laughs> it, it's a little bit ridiculous, but 
Uh, the main thing we've been playing this week is uh, Avengers Beta. Yeah. Um, what do you What do you think about that, Matt? Uh, I really like it. Uh, it is. It is a perfect multiplayer game, solo podcast game, in my opinion. Uh, so, whereas Ghost of Tsushima is more like I don't I don't want want to necessarily have a podcast on. I just want to actually play the game and hear the sounds and do the stuff. Um, that damn bird sound is gonna give me PTSD. Freaking game! Every time I run around, you're like, like, oh, here we go. Got to turn left now. But anyway, off it goes to Tsushima. The uh, Avengers game is like it is. It's almost like it's Left 4 Dead with with a loot shooter with an Avenger skin, and it's more modern than Left 4 Dead. So it's like they took Left 4 Dead, made it more modern, turned it into Avengers, and went, hmm, let's have some loot and some leveling. Like there's because there's RPG elements, and that's the yeah. vibe I get I get from it. And and uh, it's, it. it's it's really enjoyable, honestly. It's, yeah, it's definitely a weird mixture. Um, it feels like it really could have been a really cheap game. mm Hmm. But they just they just scraped by that that triple A barrier, <laughs> you know. It's well, it's it's teetering on the edge, like it could yeah. easily fall off. Yeah, it is it is a beta. So in in, in the game's defense, like the, it is a beta in that what? the beta itself wasn't was just pe- like from what we can tell was just pieces of the game. There's literally two training areas in which you do the same training. So. Like, I, I feel as though they just took, oh, this part of the game's complete, put this here. This part of the game's complete, put this here. Okay, make it, make, like, do a fade to black and then fade back in. Okay, perfect. Game, uh, beta, put it together. Speaking of Left 4 Dead, they're actually adding, they're doing an update to Left 4 Dead 2 for the first time in 10 years. I heard about that. Adding VR support? No. no. Actually, no. I don't know. No, it's a, it's a campaign called Last Stand, but there's already a campaign called Last Stand. I was actually going to text you about that last night because I saw the trailer and I was like, wasn't there, like, didn't that exist in the first game? Like, wasn't Left that the first Dead, game? There's a campaign called Left 4 Dead. Um, what? Left 4 Dead, a, there's a game called Left 4 Dead? Sorry, in Left 4 Dead, there's a campaign called Last Stand. It's a DLC uh, one, right? Or no? It uh, was. I think, like, certain editions. Like, I, like I, now if you were to buy Left 4 Dead 2, you get everything. Like, you literally get every map from every game. And look, yeah, I'm, I'm looking at the trailer right now for the Left 4 Dead 2 one. And it's the same lighthouse. It's because it's not you don't actually travel. Um, it's, you're literally just it's uh, it's, it's tower defense. Oh, it's uh, their uh, not scavenge mode, but like horde mode type of thing. Something like that. So it's called left. It's called the last stand update or last stand two update or whatever it is. But I'm trying to figure out what the actual difference is because unless it's just like them adding it to that game and then you're adding the new the new characters. I thought they I thought Left 4 Dead 2 had all of Left 4 Dead 1, the Left 4 Dead 1 DLC. I thought it had the whole kit and caboodle. I didn't know it. Yes, yes, it does, but you can't play but you can only play the respective characters on their maps. So you can only play the first so, so you don't need to ever buy Left 4 Dead. You can just buy Left 4 Dead 2 and then you have everything. But if you go and click a Left 4 Dead 1 campaign or Left 4 Dead map, you will can only play a Left 4 Dead character. Oh. If you, want, if you click a Left 4 Dead 2 ca- uh, campaign or a Left 4 Dead 2 map, you can only play as a Left 4 Dead 2 character. That's how that works. But you have everything there. So I'm trying to figure out what the actual difference is. Uh, I, don't I see- mean, if you guys want to go and do like a run through all the campaigns, like I'll do that. Fuck yeah, I will. Oh, God damn it. That and Borderlands. We'll do one after the other. Oh, my God. <laughs> 
My 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 brother will play Left 4 Dead too. All right, um, to play it. What are you up to, Ryan? Well, I played the Avengers beta as well. Um, I, I pre-ordered it, so I did enjoy it. Um, I was going to buy it, I think, regardless um, of the beta. Um, so I'm, I'm, uh, Marty had a concern about it uh, not updating enough or not adding anything new um, post-launch. I, I will. Well, okay. So we have Spider-Man confirmed. There's like some sort of Ant-Man thing confirmed. I think that they showed off at E3 last year. So I think there's some sort of whatever that is. I'm not a huge Marvel. Hey, player. there's an Ant-Man add-on. Yes, I believe you're gonna be able to play as Doctor Pym or whatever, hmm. something like that. You'd have to check the records from E3 last year. But uh, but th- yeah, when they showed it off, they showed that it was like a little teaser at the end. He was in there. So there's definitely new characters coming. I don't think. I don't know. So this game is weird because there's there's already Ultimate Alliance, and Ultimate Alliance three is pretty pretty newish. Like it's it's pretty new, yeah. honestly. Um, and our Ultimate Alliance like has a roster, you know, where it's a big roster. Whereas this game, it has a roster, but it's very much sort of like the main Avengers that are in these four, you know, these four slots. You know, Hulk, what Thor, Captain America, and Black Widow. For the most part, or an Iron Man in there too. So like four or five slots, whatever it is, whatever it is and, on the on the front. And then cover. I thought, what about the 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 young one, the kid? Miss Marvel. That's the one. Miss Marvel, sure. But like, I'm just talking about like, so like, here's the main group on the on the cover. Here's the main group on the cover, and then a couple DLC characters. So I can kind of see his concern, but also we played it quite a bit. My um, Black Widow isn't fully updated yet, upgraded yet, because there's leveling and stuff. Like I said, my other characters certainly aren't upgraded all the way. And there's going to be some DLCs at least. So I don't think this game necessarily needs the roster. Because realistically, if we all just go in, play it, beat the story, you know, like, what's the staying power of this game? I feel like this game needs a roster if it's if it's a super long game where we keep it and we like keep going at it like the Division 1. Which I think it, it can be, assuming we want to switch characters. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Like I don't think that I don't think that switching characters is off of the is off of the um ticket when it comes to keeping this game in in our like multiplayer zeitgeist, if you will. So yes, it needs a roster with slow updates, but I have a feeling that it's going to take because we only played the beta, I have a feeling it's going to take a while and take a quite a bit of like fandangling to get through just the main story, of course, because it's going to be increasing difficulty. The game is going to increase in difficulty as it goes as well, we assume, as well as the fact that you're going to have to upgrade every one, every one of those characters. So you're effectively being able to go through the game five times with a character, whether you do side stuff or whatever, upgrade them all the way. By that time, there should be another character. The issue comes in if you don't want to switch characters. Then I think the longevity might not get there. Right. I don't know. I mean, does it have to be an ongoing game? Like, is that the point of it? I thought that was what it was marketed as. The missions are definitely, I don't know what they're, whether they're actually procedural, but if you notice when we were on like the situation map, it said like the map refreshes in 20 seconds or whatever, and it has a timer. I think that the map is consistently refreshing and then you're going to get random missions. There's going to be probably event missions and time limited ones and stuff. And you're going to be like, oh, the Avengers need to go and help New York City or whatever. And then they fly in and defeat some villain. 
I have a feeling that the game's replayability is going to be is built upon that, but the missions are also built upon that. So I don't know whether they're procedural, like I said, but many of the objectives are very samey. So the terminals, for example, there's a terminal objective thing where we've done it several times on different maps where you literally show up to a place and it says, like, you need to hack these terminals. When you hack a terminal, it becomes yours. There's three terminals. You're trying to fill up a progress bar before the enemy. If you have two out of the three and the enemy only has one, you're beating them. If you have three out of the three, like, you're really beating them. If they have more than you, then they're beating you. Very similar or literally the same objective, but in totally different environments. And they're going to be able to play on that a bunch where they're going to be able to build a big map or big a big collection of maps and not worry about the objectives, then just give us a generic objective, but we don't really care. Because we actually found secrets in, in one of the maps. Two of the maps. Right. So the the joy comes from the fighting, which it is pretty good, the the going through the different environments, and then also the the searching the searching through things. And like for the Easter eggs. Uh, to me, it felt like a big mobile game. Like if they were to take inspiration from, because there's there's Marvel games like this on on the App Store and stuff too, where like you 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 play these little missions over and over, and then you get all these like gems and parts and whatever else, and you can upgrade your gear. It's it's very similar to that. I feel. The poster looks like a more um, looks like a mobile game. Like like if you if you were to do it in a square format and round the edges, it looks like the app uh, looks like an app. Uh... Yeah. But anyway, um, that's coming out soon, isn't it? September or something. I think it next, comes out on week. Friday. Yeah, next Friday. Wow. All right. Let's talk about the story. Uh, sorry. Last question regarding this: Is it a cross-platform play? This thing. That's I... a good question. Don't know. Let me do a quick search here. I don't like how this is a question that we all have to ask now, too. This is a this is a, a bit like muddying the waters a bit. No crossplay compatibility. No, but what about cross gen? Is that what you're asking? Cross gen. Uh, I was going to say cross either way, either cross platform or cross gen platform. Um, I believe it, said, it is cross. Who's gen. who's got a towel on their mic and like rubbing it up against that? What's going right. on over there? I was adjusting my. Uh, I was adjusting my mic position. Oh. Just, just something for you to deal with in post. Because um, because this game will be released for Stadia, Microsoft Windows, PlayStation 4, and Xbox One on September 4th. The game will also be released on the PlayStation 5 and Xbox Series X when both consoles launch with PlayStation, and, with PlayStation 4 players and Xbox One players being able to upgrade to the next-gen versions for free. Doesn't say anything about cross... I bet you... They apparently ruled out cross-play, but yes, you could get a free upgrade to next-gen. But I, I wonder if there's at least cross... Cross-gen play. Cross-gen platform. Cross-gen... Uh, That's an interesting play. question, yeah. Oh, for the love of God. I just scrolled down, and there's a... a this is just a headline. Because I looked up... Okay, just to confirm, September 4th, 2020. There's the release date. Uh, we get it three days earlier if you pre-order. If you pre-order that certain edition, whatever. Um, there's, there's three editions. you got to check all the perks, but... Scroll down here, top stories from Push Square, just reading the headline, Marvel's Avengers has a paid battle pass for every superhero after launch. Oh my god, I don't think I want to play this game. I'm uh, regretting this. Yeah, it'll be fine. I, you know, do you know how much I don't care about dressing up my Captain America? I care. Uh, well, I don't. <laughs> it's the same thing about Call of Duty. It's like, there's a couple of funny like costumes that I, would, that I wouldn't mind, but it, I'm running around with a gun just like playing with friends so like i really don't care 
Fortnite was all about like killing people in style and like you know it's cartoony so it's goofy. This game is like I'm just gonna play whoever and I don't care. <laughs> like that's just the more and more I learn about this game, the more and more I don't want to play it. I think you're fishing though. I think you gotta play it. I think you have to play it because I didn't even want this until I played it. Like I wasn't even I wasn't even excited for it. Marty on a whim messaged me while I was playing Ghost of Tsushima. I downloaded it. We hopped on a couple hours later and we played the crap out of it. Okay, so uh, Ryan, what's your opinion on this? Well, you pre-ordered it, so I pre-ordered, it. yeah. But like, while playing it, I gave it a B minus. B minus. But okay. again, it's it was very beta. Like you can you can easily tell. But it's launching in, in next week. Yeah. This the service is beta, but Matt, the the visual presentation is final. Like they're, they're not definitely be just beta testing the the servers. Yeah, but the game itself is final. Uh, so what's Marty's take on this? I don't actually know what he's which way he's going. Like I said, I was going to pre-order it and buy it anyway, even if no one else got it. So, but uh, I think he was somewhat positive, but not like you know jumping out of your seat. I can't wait to play the game, but what I'm wondering is if I decide not to, and I do want to play down the road. Like, is there a, is there a single player? Yeah, you can play a single player. Yeah, I can. Is there a single player mode and then a multiplayer mode, or is it just all one and you just do missions? When they first announced it, I thought there was going to be separate things, but now I'm kind of not sure because. It looks like in the, uh, at least in the beta, if you're playing single player, you can bring in other heroes as computers to play alongside you. So it's, it's basically like you're in the same online menu, but instead of searching for friends or randoms, you can just plug in any hero you want or something like that. Because, so my, my predicament with this is I do see myself eventually playing this game but it may be so far down the line that you guys might be done. I, I thought it. I thought you were, I thought you wanted to play with us. I thought you were pre-ordering it, it to play with us. It, exactly, that's my point though. It's like if I if I don't if I don't play with you guys now at launch, I will end up playing it by myself, in some pathetic fashion, you know, <laughs> in a room all by myself, way down the line. I mean, you but, might as well. But then you should play it with us. Then, <laughs> like, yeah. there's like the options there. But now you're saying there's a battle pass for every character? Well, I'm reading it, and it doesn't sound that bad. Like, Okay. Like, uh, do you want me to read this? Like, it's it's like yeah, two paragraphs. Yeah. Please do. Do you want me to read it? Okay. Yeah, yeah, go ahead. Okay, I, I want to I want to give this, this person... I'm reading an article. Marvel's Avengers has a paid battle pass for every superhero after launch by Liam Croft on Push Square, and I will put a link to this in our show notes. Anyway... Crystal Dynamics has promised that superheroes added to Marvel's Avengers after launch will be free, but what it didn't tell us until now is that the cosmetics associated with those characters will have to be unlocked via a purchasable battle pass. Titled Hero Cards Completing Daily. Uh, titled Hero Cards Completing Daily and Weekly Challenges will level it up and thus unlock new items to equip the associated superhero with. That's standard stuff for these sort of progression paths, and this approach uh, sounds fair considering you'll be earning credits, here we go, through the, through the base game's six superheroes. Um... As a part of a new blog post on the game's official site, it stated that six superheroes arriving on the base game will have all their hero challenge cards unlocked straight away, starting with Hawkeye. You'll then need to purchase these cards separately for a thousand credits. This currency can be bought with real-world money, and five dollars will net you 500 credits. That means a single hero challenge card works out at exactly ten dollars. And then there's some other stuff clarifying here. It says, to be clear, character and it's the character itself and the story 
Gameplay mechanics and locations associated with them will be free of charge. But if you want to customize that superhero with unlocks and decals, you will then need to start splashing the cash. 40 tiers will net you outfits, takedowns, nameplates, emotes, and more. The developer goes on to say that if you reach the maximum tier, uh, you will eventually earn all your credits back. These hero challenge cards won't be replaced either, meaning you have all the time in the world to unlock everything they have to offer. Theoretically, if you complete all of the six hero challenge cards for the base superheroes, you won't have to spend any money on credits for a significant amount of time. Hmm. It sounds like it's not a refreshing battle pass, necessarily, even though there are dailies and stuff. I I don't I don't care. I don't care about dressing up my my Iron Man. Like, I mean, I'm sure there's some of the stuff's gonna be cool, but I'm not going to I'm not gonna scoff at that. I don't care. <laughs> it's just it I'm just at that point. I just don't care. Alright. Let's hop into the news for this week. Um did either of you catch up on the Gamescom coverage? No, unfortunately not. Live? I uh, I missed it all. Matt, anything? Uh, you you told me a little bit yesterday. Oh. Well, I'm just gonna run through some of the games that they showed off. Um, pretty well done production, I gotta say. Um, they had a cool little stage with like uh, changing backgrounds and floors and stuff. Um, it was really cool, and I think I do believe it was live. It is called uh, uh, the opening night live, and and it, it went super smoothly. So I'm really impressed by it. Um. But one of the big things they showed off was Call of Duty Black Ops Cold War. Now, this is a... I believe it's a direct sequel to Black Ops 1. That sound that sounds right. And it felt right when I watched the trailer. Which is kind of funny, because they also had Black Ops 2, which was a sequel to Black Ops 1. So they but this, is a, this, this, one this might between. be an in-between. Yeah. Is Black Ops 2 the futuristic one? I believe so. So, like, there's there's a lot to play with. Yeah, so this one takes place at the height of the Cold War in the 80s. Um, we're getting uh, some characters like Frank Wood and Jason Hudson. <laughs> uh, Freaking good old Woods. Uh, it, looks pretty, it looks pretty cool, actually, watching the trailer. I was fascinated at the fact that Reagan is in it. I don't know anything and about Reagan, gotta... <laughs> but I just thought it was interesting that they put a president in a game. He looked really good, and he sounded really good too, which was crazy. Wasn't it awesome? Like it, it felt that that scene that they showed, honestly, looked like a like a Narcos episode. <laughs> anyway, there was that. Um, I'm just gonna kind of scroll through some of these ones. Doom Eternal: The Ancient Gods Part One. It's an expansion to Doom Eternal, which I have not played yet, and I heard it's harder than the first game, so <laughs> I'm not sure if I'm gonna play it. I I blew through the first one pretty easily. Yeah, yeah. It's uh when 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 you get to those areas. Um, oh, I thought somebody was shuffling a deck of cards. Um, <laughs> what type of a like? At what, what point does that become the assumption? Like, were, were you like a were you like it's, slinging cards in Vegas and you just know it, the sound? Like, it, the- it it's it sounded like you were doing you know you know the uh, like the flip and then the. You know, oh the, yeah, the like yeah, yeah, the, like the, the return. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that's what it sounded like. Um, from who? From me? I, I thought it came. I thought it was coming from Ryan's mic. Oh, probably. Come on, Ryan. Um, for the first game, I didn't find it too bad. Any part that any like you have, they they present to you your options, your tools, your different alternating fires, your upgrades, and then then you have your your enemies. And if you ever get stuck in a room, like 
with clearing enemies, all I found I really had to do was just kind of tweak my pattern. It's like, okay, wave one, wave one's coming in. I know it's these enemies. Okay. So I know when this enemy comes in, it's wave two. So instead of using through all my big ammo now, I'm going to try to take as many of these guys out with my little stuff. Okay. If that didn't work, it's like, okay, I'm going to detour path instead. Wave one's in, I'm going to go this way. I'm going to get this power up. And I kind of just trialed and errored certain things. And then I never really got, I never really died on any one encounter, probably more than twice. Like by the third time I was able to just kind of go through it. And it's a, uh, it's an incredibly satisfying shoot. Oh yeah, for sure. It, uh, and even like when you do the glory kills and you just kind of like snap up or get somebody right in their face and you just punch them and then you rip your, it's quite fun. I recommend it. Those, uh, those big, and I'm going to get yelled at for not knowing the name of them, but those big, like red floating round things with the horns. Yep. Though that, that kill with him, like will stick with me forever. I think he like rips off his tooth and shoves it in his only eye. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's like, I will never forget that, that like (laughs) (laughs) that takedown. Yeah, it's pretty good. I recommend um, it. I do plan on playing the second one eventually at some point, maybe 50 years from now or something. Oh, yeah, I forgot to mention that the, the, the stuff I'm reading is from uh, GameSpot. Um, so we also got uh, New Dragon Age. They uh, they finally talked about this. Um, poor Bioware, though. You know, they they're kind of they kind of got the stain on them from Anthem. And Mass um, Effect. And Mass Effect. So they're trying to make a comeback with, Bio, uh, with Dragon Age. Um, it was just a uh, like kind of like a dev diary type deal. They didn't actually really show a ton of new footage or really kind of get into the, the nitty gritty details. It's it's still going to be you know uh, years off. Um, it's still going to be years off for Dragon Age. Probably. I okay. I almost want to like start taking bets. I kind of want to say that this is uh, Bioware's last chance. Oh, I I completely agree with you. I'm not, I'm not going to take a bet on that. I agree with you on it. This is this is their last. This, this is their last their, chance. This is their Final Fantasy. If they don't make this work, I think they'd be done. Yeah, will, even this uh, article here said it's the the game is still fairly early on. Here's a here's a question for you. So, uh, Anthem has its fair share of problems, and they were working on fair share. Well, that has a bunch of, its, of problems. Most of its problems. But I have I've never played it, so I can't comment on like what the specific problems were. I just know that, you know, that was that was the thing for a while. Ripping on Anthem. So Anthem has a fair share of problems. And then they re- they I don't know whether it's already been released or they announced or whatever. I remember Ryan mentioning on the show that there was some sort of overhaul that was coming, right? It got delayed, I think. It got delayed, okay. This is my question. Now, COVID aside, because God knows what that does to schedules. You make when a developer takes on a game. They make the full game, okay, in, let's say, three years. Three to five years, something like that. Could be less. Say three. Let's just say three years to make it easy. Why is it that we are then, afterwards, drip-fed content in updates, okay, for, like, literally, like, two years, and it's not even, like, a quarter of what that game had? Now, people might say, oh, they put less devs on it and whatever, but Bioware, at least to my knowledge, has never done an MMO like Anthem. So wouldn't it just make sense from a totally logistics perspective, and an out, I'm not a game developer, for them to have put out an, a very simplistic Anthem and then rapidly updated it? So they would have been out sooner, they would have had less to bug fix, and then they would have been able to quickly and, quickly and easily upgrade it 
So then they wouldn't have had to do this big panicked fix. Because they have never done this before. You know, like, when you get a, a, a new Far Cry game, Ubisoft knows how to make a Far Cry game, right? They've been doing it. But if 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 Far Cry, I mean, this is ridiculous, but if Far Cry 6 was Ubisoft's first Far Cry game, that's not going to be as good as Far Cry 6 is going to be because because Ubisoft always always makes it. You know what I mean? The experience speaks for itself. Sure. So what I don't understand is, is why did... Why are these big MMO games get pushed out two, three, like three to five years, but yet take two years to give us like a raid in like two instances? Like what the hell's going on here? Like not, not to sound entitled, but if you guys were behind, just do rapid updates on a phased system. Like no one's going to, you know, or very few people are going to get to the max level, whatever it is in X amount of time. And if your end game comes out two weeks after the game, like, I mean, you're going to get to your fair share of people complaining, but the people actually playing the game probably won't even get there yet, other than the diehards. Like, wouldn't that just be easier? Like, don't, you know how, like, everyone will, <laughs> when you go to school, you go to school, you don't go like, all right, I'm going to go to school for, like, car, like, design. Now I'm just going to make the new Mustang, for, you know, right away. Like, no one, you know, very few people, if anyone does that, they, they like, learn in school for a while on smaller projects, and then they do this. I, I, I don't know. Maybe I'm crazy, but... I think it's kind of a... I don't know what it is. Like, why, why does it take so long for something where the whole the whole game was made in two to five years on average in a pro, on a project? And then it takes... Like, like, look at Red Dead Online. Are those roles taking them that long? Probably not, but I wonder if they are strategically placing them at intervals. But I can't think of any game that has come out with a rapid update system. I understand well, that they're, they're like drip feeding us to like the, uh, Fortnite. Fortnite's, yeah. Fortnite is more of the store though. No, but they, they, they've overhauled the map. They've, uh, oh, they that, have all these true. different seasons and all these new mechanics and different building things and different weapons. And they're constantly rolling out new stuff all the time. Uh, and from the reports we heard, it's uh, taxing their uh, their employees. So interesting. It's because anyway, well, well, because Fortnite's the biggest game in the world. Now the employee stuff is bad if it's true, but you know, realistically, they could maybe hire an, another team, spin them up, and then that would alleviate some stuff. Like I don't know what the logistics are. I'm not going to get into that. But it's interesting that a game that is the number one in the world is doing rapid updates. That was a good point that you made. They're doing rapid updates. They're number one and have been number one for a while. And then all these other guys are like, yeah, but like dailies are coming out in a couple days. And then it's like, and next month, there'll be a hat in the catalog available for three days. <laughs> it's like, what the <laughs> hell? Like, that's the update? Like, get the hell out of here. Yeah, the, 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 Red, the Red Dead one in particular, I don't know why it takes them that long. The, the, new, um, the new role is literally just shooting animals with a tranquilizer and then collecting samples and selling it the, like all they had to do is like hire the uh the person to do the acting and 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 that was it you know otherwise you're still using a gun you know you're still shooting bullets and the animals are already there the animals are already there and you just go up and collect them and and that's it the thing is though so in, it's, it's kind of crazy that took so long 
in anyone's defense, though, this is a COVID time. So if there was going to be a ridiculous update for some unknown reason, yeah, that you know that's why. Yeah. But anyway, let's uh, let's keep moving here. Um, Crash Bandicoot Four is it? Is anyone here a Crash fan? I was a original trilogy Crash fan. The remake can go fuck off. Okay, you didn't like it. you didn't like the remake. It but, feels uh, terrible. Play them side by side. You'll know exactly what I'm talking about. It feels like trash. You didn't like the remake, but have you seen Crash Bandicoot Four? I've seen. Um, I think I, I feel like I've seen like a small snippet video somewhere on Reddit, maybe. Because it's definitely not like the original games. Um, How's it formatted? It's more like a 3D platformer, um, but with more more than what the first game offered. Yeah, well, I'll probably just end up skipping this. It looks pretty good, and I, I've never really played Crash. Yeah, try the uh, uh, try the HD remake. If you never played the original ones, you might not be affected by the. I mean, I have I have played the original like a couple times. Uh, I wasn't a fan of that kind of gameplay. Mm. Um, but this one's just more like a kind of run to a level and hit things and whatnot. Hmm. Uh, Matt's favorite, Star Wars Squadrons, got a new um, campaign trailer. Matt, why there's is this all... my favorite? Matt, there's always a bigger fish. Oh, I met Adriano's favorite. Sorry, what to say? Yeah. I mean, I'm I gonna thought, buy it. I thought, <laughs> I thought you were being colorful for a second. No. <laughs> I am so goddamn pumped for this game. Just like look, look, I. I I'm assuming Ryan, you have the page open, but Matt, like, just yeah. look, like look at look at the screenshot they have here. Just the X-wing sitting just above the clouds, with the plane in the background. You have the A-wing, you have the Y-wing, you have another X-wing. I don't know what the one on the top left is. A U-wing. A U-wing. Ooh, yeah. The thing, the thing you is, with this is like it. <laughs> Star Wars space battles are cool. I'm gonna I'm gonna play this game with you guys. It's totally fine. I don't have the nostalgia. If that was a like a like a like a Stargate ship. Like I the knew Daedalus. you were going to fucking say Stargate. <laughs> fucking knew you were going to say Stargate. Well, because I like Stargate. So it's like, it's like if that was a Stargate ship and that was like the Daedalus or like a Goa'uld like mothership or something, I'd be like, ooh, like hell yeah. Yeah, for me, for me, it's a nostalgia feeling specifically for the original trilogy. That's, that's what I, and and, and I, I think I mentioned it in the chat when Ryan, uh, dumped the trailer in there it was just like it's just like that john williams melody just that that basic symphonic note that oh, it's just it's so good it just it, it gets me it gets me in the mood for for star wars for old star wars not not this new shit <laughs> you just hate the new stuff eh it, it, there's more bad star wars than there's good star like matt like remember i i i love i love the the original trilogy but i appreciate it as films, not necessarily as Star Wars. You know what's a little bit sad, actually, is you, you just said that there's there's more bad Star Wars than good Star Wars. I think Terminator now is is even. <laughs> One, two, and Dark Fate are good. Salvation three and Genesis are bad. And Salvation in like three are like three is uh, like uh, a TV uh, movie. Uh, hey, hey, Genesis hey, is bad. Hey, 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 hey. Salvation's like hey, <clears throat> hey. What? What? Hey, hey! Don't forget the TV show. We're not including TV shows. Talk about so movie that, series. Talk about movie that series. Is more bad Terminator than good. Um, Mafia definitive. Wait, wait, wasn't it? Wait, the, wasn't it good? It is critically acclaimed. Yeah. yeah, it's pretty good. Yeah, the the Terminator. Yeah, so GG I, actually. I really enjoyed the uh, the Sarah Connor Chronicles. And I only saw two. I only saw two episodes, but I enjoyed them. Isn't uh, isn't it Cersei Lannister the one or? Yes, the that's correct. Mother yeah. Lannister, whatever her name is. Yep. 
All right, uh, Mafia Defend Edition. Um, more great looking stuff coming out of this game. I'm Super excited. excited. I never played the original Mafia, so this is a great time for me to jump in. Um, this is going to be the biggest upgrade get, ever. I'm probably going to get that um, Mafia trilogy um, thing because it comes with all the games. Um, hell, I might even play Mafia 3 again when this is all over. You're trying to get a plat, aren't you? No. No. Uh, Lego Star Wars The Skywalker Saga, um, which is still years out, I think. I, th I think they said maybe even next year? Oh my don't God. quote me on that. But, uh, I don't know why that's taking so long, but uh, there you go. Fall Guys Season 2. I'm kind of I'm done with Fall Guys. Alrighty. I know everyone's still loving it. Um, I don't know. I, I enjoyed my time like, like the couple times I played it. But maybe it's just because no one else has enthusiasm for it in in my friend group. Yeah, I'll probably just uh, defer to your opinion and probably just delete it before I even launch it. Hell, I have a weird, I have a weird like thing with games that have no progression, short of like a battle pass. Whereas, I mean, I understand there's like some skill and stuff, but that game feels very arcadey. Oh yeah, like. I don't care when I get eliminated really. And I don't, and like winning would be, you know, the highest of highs in that game, but it wouldn't be that great. You know, like, like for me personally, mm -hmm. that I feel like that's my, that's the turnoff for it. Whereas like Fortnite, like I want to freaking win. And like winning is the winning is the, is the goal here. Yeah. Uh, Medal of honor above and beyond, which is a VR only game. Is that right? Uh, last I, thought... I heard about it, I thought it was yes. I don't know. Though. Yeah, it'll sure. be available on both Oculus Rift and Quest via Oculus Link. Hmm. Uh, there are no edits or cutscenes with the whole story told from your perspective. Interesting. And, and it has VR multiplayer, which sounds kind of crazy. Uh, I love the name of it, Above and Beyond. That's a good title for. Uh... Well, I was talking with Matt and, and Marty about the name. Is that like normally it sounds like say... a Call of Duty? Above and beyond well, Call of Duty. When you award the Medal of Honor, it's for going above and beyond the Call of Duty. Mm -hmm. So I think that's pretty funny. It's a little, little dig at them, but uh, I, love, I love the the, the shooter. Have you, do you remember like the shooter beef when I think it was Battlefield Three came out with Call of Duty, and somebody said like somebody said on Twitter or something that, uh, like neither of these games have dinosaurs or something stupid and so <laughs> freaking ea added a little toy dinosaur to their game it was some uh, sort of stupid like little dig at each other it was just yeah. really dumb uh destiny 2 beyond light i have no idea what's going on with destiny nowadays but i guess this is a new expansion thingy i hope, so. new I hope someone enjoys power, it stasis to the game for the first time you can temporarily freeze enemies uh with frost in order to deliver deadly finishing blows launching storm attacks and deadly bursts or crash into your targets as a living avalanche. Well, damn. And then finally, they, they ended the show with um, an extended look. So we got a bit of footage we already seen, but an extended look of Ration and Clank rift apart. And it does look pretty impressive. And they kind of highlighted the fact that what they're doing with it is like kind of only possible with next-gen hardware and particularly the PS5's SSD. Because you're literally traveling through worlds almost instantaneously and it has to load up all that new data just to display it that quickly 
Matt, you're the uh, resident Ratchet fan. I was about to say it. It it looks particularly impressive. Uh, just seeing like his traditional like if you're a big Ratchet fan, you know like the classic dodge like you you strafe and then you dodge by like flipping in the air with a double jump, and that was the smoothest it's ever been. I know that's a small thing, but you do that so much in that game. I was like, damn, like this game looks awesome. I think those worlds must load in like what two seconds, maybe one second. That's the big ticket. Like, yeah, I just want to try it. <laughs> like, just straight up. Like it. It looks. It looks. Oh, and it, awesome. They confirmed it will be launch window. See, I don't so like I'm that. Sure, I'm not sure what the parameters are on a window. Three months, you say? Well, like window. Window for holiday season would that would that be possible because window would be if it comes out in just spitballing if it comes out in november console does we could say we could see december launch i I would say six months ban wow i don't i don't don't agree with that six months because a year in you'll get your first uh boxing day deals where the console doesn't go down in price but they give you like or usually it doesn't go down in price, but they give you like some games with it. So six like six months, months, six months is too big. It's literally too big. Minus was a difference four and a half. Because people, if you hit, if you hit, <laughs> no, if you hit six months, people will just wait for Christmas the next year. Because they'll wait to see those deals. I would say January. I'm going to guess January. I think it's going to come out in February. I'm just saying that to fight you oh. guys. Oh, okay. <laughs> anyway, it's going to come was... out in stupid Smarch. That's too far. Smarch? Yeah. March, it's... March is too far for a launch window. No, I'd not say. not March. Smarch. I don't know what that means. Never had typos in your grade school calendars, Mart, uh, Matt? Mm, no. All right. The Simpsons references fall upon you. Just... Uh, just... <laughs> All right. Um, lousy smart weather. Speaking of next gen, uh, PS5 pre-orders are not available. Um, this is weird. <laughs> you could register to be contacted for the chance. What the to pre-order? F- register to pre-order a PS5. What What are you buying here? A, a house? Like you register oh, and to, it's... to be notified for house purchases. That's what you register for, not for a fucking game console. The The selection process is weird too. I'm sure we'll get into that. Yeah. So this is from Gamespot. On Sony's new uh, PS5 sign-up page, the company is taking pre-order reservations on a first-come, first-served basis from existing customers. Adding to the PS5 pre-order FAQ page, uh, the selection is based on previous interests and PlayStation activities, and you'll know if you're selected if you are contacted via email. It did not specify if those activities relate to gameplay, uh, playtime, purchases, or some other metric. So you basically plug in your PlayStation Online ID. I guess they look at your account and see if you are eligible to be notified that pre-orders are open. And then you have to be quick to pre-order. Even Uh, then, it's not a guarantee. Would be indicated you'll need to be U.S. shipping address. Okay, so it's not even available in Canada. Oh, I didn't know that. I didn't yeah. know that either. But I, I always, I always just register for stuff. Like, what's going to happen? Like, someone else is going to yeah, get yeah. it. Oh well. Yeah, and 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 this is a GameSpot.com article, so they may may not just made the clarification. But in your second paragraph here, it goes, 
Um, the expiration date and time for making your reservation will be indicated in the email. You also need a U.S. shipping address to place a PS5 pre-order in the initial round. Pre-orders will be limited to one console per PSN ID, of course. Blah, blah. Full pre-order quality. Okay. Yeah, you'll need a Americana only. Something something weird happened, actually, when I went to register. Uh, it said PlayStation Online ID, so I typed in my username, and it said, thank you, like it worked. And then I scrolled down, and it said something about me having to, like, use my email or something. Like, it said, like, make sure this is the email you have associated with your online ID. And I was like, oh, was I supposed to type in my email? Probably. So then I so then I opened up another tab and just went with my email, too. <laughs> so I don't know. I don't know which one was right, but, like, it didn't, it didn't complain. Now, it is unusual for the manufacturers to sell it directly as well. PlayStation doesn't normally sell... The, the, like the PlayStation console itself on their website. This might be their 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 jab at trying to yeah. weasel out the middleman. Now here's the funny: they also limited how many you can order. So obviously, one PS5 uh, or PS5 digital edition, two DualSense wireless controllers, two DualSense charging stations, two Pulse 3D wireless headsets, Good two Lord. media remotes, and two HD cameras. Whoa! So what the? Why are, why would you need to order two HD cameras? It'd be for like if you if you both were doing VR like if you had a like if you're buying it for your two kids and they both have the full setup. But you can only buy one PS5 right now. Oh, I suppose that's strange. Yeah, yeah it's just that. funny that they put these limitations on. I'm not even sure it. if you need that camera for VR too. I don't know. I don't know anything well, about VR. <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna register for the controllers. I'm going to register and. They pick me and I can pre-order. Maybe I'll just do it just to fucking sell on the internet after. Um, there you go. But because I will probably go for the disc one because I want the Gran Turismo physical one. Um, so Wait, maybe... so you, you're going to pre-order it for the disc one to have to have Gran Turismo, but you're going to sell it. No, no, I was I was kidding oh. on, the, on the selling part. Um, but I would probably want that one. How do I sign in? I need a code. Um, so maybe that might actually help the chances if you go for the disc one because people might people a lot of people might just want the um, the non-disc one. Register for an opportunity to be one of the first to pre-order your PS5 console. As Adriano moves like seven thousand miles away from his microphone. <laughs> yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm sitting on my other computer right now. Um, register for an opportunity to be one of the first to pre-order your PS5 console from PlayStation. Confirm PlayStation ID security. Well, this, we're gonna do this. This um, this launch in general sounds like it like it's gonna be botched. It's weird. It feels really weird. I don't like it. The member, do you remember the PS4 and Xbox One? I remember I got an email from uh, EB Games, and I got an email from Best Best Buy, and I had the opportunity to pre-order on either, and I went the Best Buy route as I wanted to pick it up the same day. I wasn't sure on the shipping. And it was that easy. I walked in, got a pre-order, left. Done. I did the registration. Um, one thing that I heard uh, people are worried about is that these are going to be expensive. And that's why they keep kind of pushing off announcing the price. Like, no matter what, this is just going to be expensive consoles. I heard an estimate, and this is just from, like, this is not an industry estimate. This is just one of my friends said that is going to be 700 American. Total guess. Hey, so people think the Xboxes are going to be 600 American. 
that's um, expensive. Yeah. <laughs> they might. They. Uh, I wonder if this is going to like um, hurt console sales in general. They're just not going to see the same numbers they saw with the last gen. So I, I don't know the details of where they came up. I don't know the exact details, but the, the from what I remember listening in another po- to another podcast was um, the way that they figured out the five ninety nine mark for the Xbox was that uh, they had to either alter or delay or scrap a, a promotional giveaway for Halo, whatever the fuck it's called, Halo Infinite, and a possible Xbox giveaway. And looking through some like abandoned value benchmarks, they're able to take the illicit amount of Xboxes that were potentially being given away, the illicit amount of copies of Halo Infinite being given away, and they divided it up, and they came to five hundred ninety nine ninety nine, and that's what they think the the um, Xbox is going to uh, be listed as. I think 600 sounds about right. Yeah. Now, this is going to be interesting because we have, like, record unemployment, don't we, still? Yeah. We as in Canada or... Like, we as in the planet. looking at the states? <laughs> we uh, as in the, the planet. planet, yeah. <laughs> the entire planet yes. is going through a plan- pandemic, and therefore, who the hell is going to be like, yeah, let's, like, short of people who did not get unemployed you know, who are lucky enough to keep a job, who's, even those, even out of those people, who's going to buy this thing? I'll tell you what, though. I mean, Apple computers are expensive, and they increased sales during the pandemic. But that also makes sense, because you're at home more. Yeah, exactly. This this makes sense, but there's less to do on the PS5, and there's still a bunch to do on the PS4. There's people who can still afford these consoles. Now, obviously, it's not going to be, like like I said, I don't think this is going to be as big a launch as the other ones. Mm Mm-hmm. Even if it was in perfect conditions, even if there was no pandemic, just the price alone is going to make this a lesser launch than previous consoles. Um, what does what does Apple do about pre about pre ordering devices? Is pre orders just open? You have to register like this whole. No, you just like they say pre orders on this night start at like twelve a.m. or whatever. And then you just pre order. You just go and pre order. Yeah. Hmm. Um, yeah, I would, uh, if I had an opportunity to pre-order the disc one, I'd probably take that. I probably won't want the digital. I'd probably go I'm one. I'm probably going to go retail, I think, too. Retail. I would, I would prefer to go retail, yeah. Really? Because if, if this thing's broken out of box, I prefer the idea of just walking in the store and be like, this is broken. And then them not having any to give you, then you just don't have a console. <laughs> but I also, but like, that's more fine than, like, that's fine because... It's the 30-day thing, so they'll just have to give me my money back, and then I'll just come back when there is some. Hmm. All right, um, let's move on here. Uh, Ubisoft won't include physical copies in UK Collector's Edition for upcoming Xbox One games. Uh, this comes from GameSpot. I, I actually really kind of want this, because I don't really buy physical games anymore. But you still so, want the Collector's Edition. But I still want the Collector's Edition, so I would either take like a code in the box or no game at all with the purchase. Um, I just bought the collector's edition for Last of Us, and and I have a a disc that I don't really need. So I technically paid I technically paid eighty dollars for a game I don't need. You know, throw it this way, I'll play it. Sell the disc. I mean, you Wait, can borrow it for sure. Last of Us, Last of Us Two, Last of Us Two. Yeah, there we go. I don't have to. Then I won't have to pay for that game. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> 
but this is apparently only on Xbox uh, consoles. And only for Assassin's Creed Valhalla, Watch Dogs Legion, and Far Cry 6. You'll now receive a digital copy of the game rather than a physical edition. There's got to be some sort of like policy with PlayStation while shipping a physical disc with certain retail games. There's probably like a well, like a standard minimum. According to GameSpot here, Ubisoft didn't provide a reason, but it could be related to Xbox's smart delivery feature, which grants, oh. which grants access to select games on both Xbox One and Xbox Series X. That makes sense. Essentially, that you buy a game sense. once to play on both Xbox One and Xbox Series X. That makes sense. All three of these titles support smart delivery. Uh, so, Ryan, you're still into the collector's edition stuff? I haven't in a while. Like This Last of Us one is the first collector's edition I've bought in a really long time, but only because... I switched to digital, digitally buying games. Uh, for me, I went through a phase of like 2011 to like 2014 where I pretty much bought, if I, if I was going to buy it on day one and I had an option to buy a collector's edition or special edition or whatever the fuck edition, uh, I would just buy that one. And then now I have a bunch of editions of a bunch of games. Like, like, I, don't, like I don't want them in my new place. Like they're, packed, they're literally in a box in my storage unit. Like that's where, that's where they live. Um, I'll, I'll st- I'm still willing to buy a physical disc for the game, but not the collector's edition. Yeah, and in college, I was the same way. I bought yeah. any game I bought was basically a collector's edition. Yeah, I had way more expendable money. Um, uh, certain ones, like I, certain ones, I'm still glad I did. Certain ones, I think back, I'm like, I probably didn't need to. Like, I got the Arkham's. Uh, actually, the Arkham City one, I do like. I do like the little Batman statue. The Arkham origins one i probably could have done without <laughs> not not sorry not or yeah origins the the montreal one yeah, yeah that one i probably could have done without the i'm really glad i got the bioshock too i was gonna mention that one yeah yeah that one i'm really glad i got that last last xbox 360 copy in ontario it was <laughs> so fucking difficult to track down <laughs> apparently there's a bunch of pc ones and there's a bunch of ps3 ones like i found those everywhere but it was like i found one fucking xbox 360 version and I remember, like, like you one night, like found those fucking zombie games too. The Resident Evils, like PS One or something, like brand new at an EB game somewhere. No, it was um, something like that. It was the GameCube one. It was the GameCube uh, versions. Oh, brand new. I bought all those up. I don't know what. Actually, I don't have them anymore for some whatever reason. I actually don't. I don't know where they are. Um, and that that was I. Re- I'm really glad I found those. Um, and then. And then I pretty much at a at a at a used game store called One Up Games, uh, I found like a bunch of the Resident Evil, like the PlayStation era Resident Evil, Resident Evil Two, Resident Evil Director's Cut, Silent Hill, all those. So I bought a bunch of those. I have those still. But uh, I have a shit ton of collector's editions that I probably I have. I have like oh, I actually I also have the the Songbird Bioshock Infinite collector's edition. That's, that's actually, what you were talking about. No, no. The one I was talking was the Bioshock Two Collector's Edition. Oh, because that one that one came with really nice posters and an actual vinyl. But I actually forgot about the Infinite One. But that I'm also glad I have the Infinite One. Um, I have like I have like three different Assassins, like Assassin's Creed Three, Four. I think like there's another one in there. I have a bunch of Assassin's Creed Collector's Editions. Those uh, those I packed away. But it was a it's a weird time in my life. My problem with collector's editions is like I like a slightly higher quality um, set of like collectibles. 
And whenever it's like a collector's edition, it's like just it seems very rushed or just they, they try to cut costs as much as they could on it. Mm-hmm. Like I got this like Ellie statue. She's like playing her guitar and it's it's okay. Um, but it's just it's just not the kind of detail I want. Yeah, well, I did. I do find that if I'm in if like I'm look in the market for a statue of some kind, I usually wait to see what it looks like in person, like whether it be coverage on it or whatever, uh, or I just see it. Because I find that statues released outside of the collector's edition are would be more what I want. Yeah. You know, generally, because yeah. it is usually like a cheaper throw in with the game if you buy the collectors. Yeah. Um, if I had money, I would buy all the fucking. Let me get it up. I would buy all the Overwatch Blizzard. Those are nice. That, those are because because they, they're all scaled to each other. Like if you get if you get the Diva one versus the Mercy one, they're all scaled appropriately, and the prices reflect that. Um, those are fucking nice. And like the the two that there's the Mercy ones out right now, and I think the Pharaoh one isn't hasn't been released yet. Um, but if I had money, I would buy every single one of those. Or like if Amiibo versions of of um overwatch characters came out have I you seen the it. um the hot toys <coughs> the hot toys they're made by sideshow collectibles they're super like detailed super, right i probably detailed, yeah. i probably have when i see it i'll be like oh yeah I see it. yeah there it is um but not off like okay like like there's a new diva the academy diva figure is out oh like this mercy one is 200 bucks american but yeah. this is a fucking nice statue. Mercy Overwatch 13.75 inch premium statue. In stock, item will ship within one business day. Like that is... If I if I could have this one in a fairer one, side by side, two aerial characters, that would be great. All right, let's go to our final story. Um, this is another update on the Apple v. Epic uh, lawsuit. Um, this comes from Mac Rumors. So basically, they kind of both attacked each other, and the judge, I guess, uh, has ruled um, kind of what they can both <laughs> do. So I'm trying to unpack this in a way that that makes sense. Um, basically, Apple kicked off Fortnite for violating the App Store guidelines. Um, Epic sued and during the lawsuit they wanted Fortnite to be put back on the App Store. I'm sorry, they have a Doomfist statue but they don't have a Pharaoh one. What the <laughs> fuck is this? Pharaoh is probably hard to do, right? Because she she's flying. Like People would probably want her flying. So you'd yeah, have to have one of those mounts that's like, you know, like a clear plastic. No, you could, you could, you could frame it. You could do it through her. Like she could, she can have one foot barely touching the pad. Like you can, you can, but that's going to be harder to balance too, though. If only one foot's touching the pad, you should look at the no, tracer you the, one. You do the plastic thing, the, the clear plastic, uh, no, you should look yeah, that, that's tracer. what I was saying. But like, but like that's going to be probably more money. And then they just, they're just not going with it. Or they don't, or or they don't know what position to put her in. It's like most people can't fly, so it's like they're going to be standing there in some position. Now they're like, well, do we have her standing, shooting, flying, Mercy, flying, Mercy, and shooting? Mercy glides. They have her in a standing position. You can. The Hanzo one's really nice, actually. The Hanzo is a fantastic looking statue. 
Um, sorry, okay, Apple, Epic, Google, end of the world. <laughs> um, Fortnite got kicked off, but during the lawsuit, Fort- Epic wanted Fortnite put back on for the duration of the of the lawsuit, right? Um, and all- Apple also banned uh, Epic's like developer account, but they also mm-hmm. wanted to ban Epic at large's developer account, who controls the Unreal Engine, right? So the judge kind of ruled on, on these things individually. Um, now, in terms of Fortnite coming back onto the App Store with its violations still in place, she ruled that Epic can't do that. And I have a quote from her saying that your, cl- your client created the situation. Your client doesn't come to this court with clean hands. Epic made a strategically and calculated move to breach and decided to breach right before a new season. So in my view, you cannot have irreparable harm when you create a harm yourself, all Epic has to do is take it back to the status quo and no one suffers any harm. And you can have a trial uh, date in the spring, flip the switch to the way it was August 3rd and return everybody back to where they were. Um, And then on the um, other side of things, um, in terms of Apple banning all of Epic's unreal stuff and everything, she also said, Apple can't do that. And that was an overreach. Um, saying that the contract with Epic International has not been breached. Apple reached beyond um, its one contract with Epic Games and is using its hard leverage. It's slammed Epic Games with this additional penalty. It does look to me, uh, it does to me look retaliatory. I don't see any harm to Apple to restrain you from not impacting the Unreal Engine on on that platform or the developer's engine. It looks overreach to me. Looks like overreach to me. Do they have to? Do they have to learn what like Fortnite seasons are and stuff like this? Because they, it's weird to hear like a judge be like, "A new season's coming out." Like, come on, guys, you know. Effectively. They, they, that's probably part of their job is they have to do research, figure out how this actually impacts day to day consumers. I mean, it also wouldn't be hard to explain. It's like, oh, they have this new. I mean, everyone knows what a season is, so you have this new season coming up where you know all these new events and it's what people want to play it, and get involved with. And... It, it is. It is. Chances are that judge is probably into some sort of sport as just a recreational thing, so it probably does translate to a certain point. You, you could even just say, like, a new season is like a new season of a show, except it's new stuff in a game. You could Like, even if they were just into TV, you could figure that out. Mm-hmm. Also, the lawyers would be arguing this stuff, too, and she'd be watching all of that stuff um, and whatnot. And I imagine she does have to do reading as well, you know. But... I wonder if that's why right, the trial right, like, takes forever. Funny. Uh, like, yeah. Because, um... like, like, the spring would be like, uh, you know, there's a lot of time for people to gather evidence, put together cases, and then pro- I would assume for judges to read through it and then be like, what the hell's yeah. a season or whatever, and then have to figure that out. Yeah. So after these rulings, Apple did um, welcome Fortnite back onto iOS if they remove their direct purchase um, thing. Mm-hmm. But uh, Epic was not having any of that because that goes against their whole fight. Um, they think that going back to the quote status quo uh, is akin to asking us to require consumers to pay more than they should in a competitive environment and that it had antitrust implications and we can't go back into an anti-competitive contract said Epic's lawyers. I think Epic is going to lose this. And I think they should. I, I, if, I think if they went a different way about this, maybe yeah. things would be different. All they because do- they caused this problem themselves yeah. and then are, are crying to the courts about it. And the, yeah. the court does not want to get involved with business decisions. 
So like, like all they had to do was just file a lawsuit as they're doing. Yeah. But just don't put in your paces and literally just do it behind. Yeah. This is a very, um, man, when, when, just when I'm starting to appreciate certain things that Epic is doing, they went and, and like, well, like they're, they're, I do appreciate what they're trying to do. They're just going about it in the totally asshole way about it. I think Epic might lose this one, but I think Apple might lose at, at large with the whole anti-competitive um, antitrust stuff because the, because Congress is looking into that. Um, and they, they found the last, uh, so they had a, a hearing with, um, with Tim Cook, uh, Mark Zuckerberg and um, uh, what's his name? Jeff Bezos and stuff like that. And, and some of the congressmen are saying that like it was troubling what they saw happening on some of these app stores and services and stuff. Like what, what specifically the, what troubling stuff did they cite? Uh, I can't recall exactly, but it was um, in terms of Apple, it, it was their control over their marketplace. Mm, gotcha. But the thing, the thing that's, that's weird here and like, so there's two, there's two kind of questions I guess I have. So the first one is, or I guess it's more of a statement, but Epic themselves wouldn't like Epic themselves almost had to do this move to get anyone to pay attention to this like how else do you fight apple yes you can go and do it in the courts and then if apple just left the app on the store everyone could just ignore it and let the courts handle it but that's exactly what epic doesn't want right this has started a conversation which which was already started in some capacity before epic did this but this has started a conversation now among more of just the common gamers if you will you know, it, it it's reaching down into well, more of the casual gamers or the people that only occasionally read about news on, on the gaming news. This is why Epic might lose is they're fighting a, a court of public opinion, not a court of law. And I think but that's isn't their mistake. That, isn't isn't see the so the court of public opinion is going to have to change Congress's mind, not the not the court's mind. See, it, I, I have a weird thing about these this fans because... angry and stuff, you know, isn't. It's, it's, I don't think it's going to make Apple uh, flinch. It, but it, it's it's strange to me that, like, if you if you want to release an app, an app, the app store is valuable, and if you want to sell something, everyone gets a piece of it. Like, it doesn't matter what happens when there's a transaction, everyone gets a piece. The platform gets a piece, government gets a piece. Everyone has their hands in there. Every single time someone makes money, someone else is getting a piece of it. Doesn't matter. And so it's it like. For Congress, and I did not watch the Congress thing, for Congress to say that it's troubling, like you said, Ryan, isn't it similar to, and this is where I'm like on the edge, because I don't know whether I'm on Epic side or Apple side, I really don't know, Um, but isn't it the same thing as, I don't know, let's say, what's what's something that's totally like tax-based, like like property tax? Isn't that, isn't, isn't like property tax and building permits and and build laws and, and zoning, isn't that the government exerting their control over their area on how you can treat your property and what you can build on it and and how much you got to pay to be there and how much you got to pay to stay there and like how much the utilities are depending on your jurisdiction and all the rest of it. Like, isn't that, isn't the that a part are of it? What are you, a libertarian? What the hell is this? No, no, no. Uh, that's what I'm <laughs> saying though. No, what I'm, what I'm saying is, is if you look at, if you look at like platforms, what I'm trying to say is, is platforms are not new. Digital platforms are new, but platforms are not new. They're they're like for years there's been platforms like, uh, 
this whole thing, like I just like I just described, where you're renting, you're renting, uh, renting or buying a space in a city, so you're buying it from the city's platform, which is which is which may have a federal component based on uh, based on it, just to bring it into government because of Congress type of thing. If you want to talk about other uh, other platforms, like you have different movie platforms, like if you're if you're loyal, like Adriano, if you're loyal to uh, Cineplex, you were buying that thing to get a hundred C points. If you're if you're loyal to that scene points platform. It is a platform because you're getting stuff in the theater, whether it's discounts or free movies or whatever it is, and then you're also getting potentially discounts or whatever on their on their digital platform. So they have a movies platform. It's analog and it's digital. Like platforms are not new. Yeah, but but like using your Cineplex example, it you what what would be happening in that situation is Cineplex is like, okay, here AMC theaters and here all other digital streaming platforms will house your media for you and will facilitate the purchase and the watching for everyone who comes in here. But we're going to take 30% of that. That's a difference. It's, it's Cineplex's, it's Cineplex's hands in your pocket, but that's because they control everything within there. Like if, if Apple still had like the early days where it was just Apple apps and that was it, there was nothing else allowed we won't even be having this argument. And I'm not saying that there isn't something that needs to be done about this, but like, like this isn't any different than what steam does. This is any different from what Epic games does on the plot. Like they, they also acknowledge that they take 18%. Oh no, that, that that's, that's what I'm saying is like the plat. That's exactly what I'm saying is I am on the fence. Like, I don't know who to be with because I think it sucks when someone takes a piece of a piece of the pie, right? Like if you, if you made a game, you put it on the app store, you make a hundred bucks and Apple says, thanks for the 30 bud. You know, that sucks. So if you were on that end of the stick, like Epic is and multiple other game devs and app devs as well, obviously that's, that sucks. Right. So from their perspective, they want that, that number lowered, but then from a noob developer, like a person who is brand new unknown, the platform is providing a, a huge benefit. Like, yes, it is providing a benefit to the big guys too, like Epic, of course, because it's easy for them to, for people to find it. But Epic is big enough to have their own marketing, marketing, uh, like scheme or whatever you want to call it, marketing plan to basically say, Hey guys, Fortnite's available. Fortnite's available. Like a bunch of people on Android had Fortnite. I don't know what the numbers were, but a bunch did. And they weren't on Google play for the longest time. Right. And so like they, those were available and to bring it into the, to that other market there too, with the, what you were saying about the Cineplex thing they kind of are doing that by t- like Cineplex Cineplex because it has that analog component them moving into an area is spreading that platform and so effectively they can they can kill off an AMC or something theater by moving into an area monopolizing the monopolizing that area's viewing audience and then killing that theater like there's a reason why m- small independent theaters exist in a small capacity because they can't get in on the money that Cineplex and other big movie theaters have because they just can't, they don't have the logistics. They don't have the money. They just can't do it. They don't have the real estate. So that platform is effectively keeping everybody out is what I'm saying. That's, that's my big thing is like, I just don't know how to treat it because the platform provides value. Apple's taking a piece. Is it worth 30%? Who knows? Then you got then you got the other side of things where it's like Apple has all these guidelines and stuff like that, and Apple's trying to trying to protect their money. But if you think about it, if Apple suddenly is not allowed to charge thirty percent, well, then what's going to happen then? Like, are they even going to be 
are they even going to care about apps anymore? Like possibly, possibly not. Who knows? Right. Probably because the apps provide value to the platform and people buy the phone. But like, you know what I mean? Like it's, it's, it's a, it's a tug of war. It's a bit of a chicken and egg situation. Definitely. Is, is the iPhone the one that's creating the market or is it the apps that are creating the market that drives people wanting the iPhone? Um, I think, I think Epic has a better argument with the antitrust stuff and, and like Apple's kind of strict regulations. I don't think they have any footing when it comes to negotiating that 30%. That is a completely business deal. And if you want to talk about um, competing, don't sell your game on the app store. If you disagree with the 30%, that's yeah. how it's supposed to work. Then yeah. people who want Fortnite are going to have to go to Apple's competitors. So if they're willing to, if, if Fortnite is so important to them, on their on their phones, go to an Android device where you can down sideload it. You know, if enough people did that and apps started pulling away from the App Store, that would force Apple to say, "Okay, we need to rethink our our pricing strategy here." But to do that in the courts is a bit ridiculous. So, uh, what happened with Apple in this uh, WordPress app? Oh, well, that, that, that was, got resolved. Uh, that got, that got resolved. resolved. Yeah, I um, I didn't put it in here, but I can bring up the article. I know that like, I know that like, so that, that app wasn't selling anything and then it was acknowledged that, and I'm just won't take only taking bits and pieces of the story. It was acknowledged that there were ways that you could find wordpress.com stuff. So how WordPress works is you have WordPress, the, like you wordpress.org effectively, you take that software, you install it on your own server. You have a website, CMS content management system. Then there's also wordpress.com, which is like the like the commercial side of the business where they basically host like blogs and stuff like that. And you could basically, it's like, if I want to start a blog tonight, that's where I would go, you know, whatever, or you could go there. There's a bunch of places, but you could go there by, by like, you know, their hosting or whatever it is. They got packages and stuff for sale. The WordPress app for iOS basically just plugged into either one of those. So, uh, well, I shouldn't say that. I, I believe it's, I believe it could plug into either one. I believe it could plug into a WordPress.com site and and uh and a wordpress.org site you just kind of chose like hey what type of what, like you know what's your site url or however however the setup was i'm not 100 on all that stuff but basically there was nothing for sale in the app is the important point part and so there was nothing for sale in the app itself and so when apple said like allegedly it was acknowledged that there were ways for users to find out that that you could buy stuff on wordpress.com and that was through like digging through like help files like documentation and so the owner of the WordPress app said, hey, well, why don't we just hide those pages from iOS? And allegedly Apple refused it. Then later, Apple then apologized, said they're allowed to update the app again without having the in-app purchase. And they said because WordPress removed some sort of in-app purchase banner thing. And so we don't know, or at least at the time that I read about it, they didn't know exactly what that piece of the text, what that banner was referring to. But... That's where it led. So for the most part, it looks like Apple just made a mistake, overstepped, but it was like an isolated case. And within a few days, they apologized and just let it through. Yeah. So what I know of Apple's um, like App Store guidelines is like you can't say you sell something without selling it in the app. Because to them, they're considering, they're considering that as a, as a feature that doesn't work. Oh, gotcha. And so if they found those pages somewhere buried in there, even if they're buried, they're, they're in there somehow. Um, it looked like there was things you could buy, but you couldn't buy it through that app, effectively making that part of the app not work. And so they probably, uh, 
they probably got the banned for that, I guess. Well, they well th- th- it was something was weird there because allegedly the guy that owns WordPress, like the whatever, said, "Hey, can we remove?" Yeah. Can we remove that those pages? And Apple said, "No." That could have just been a mistake, though. Like that could have been because the thing with WordPress, like I got confused there for a second too. WordPress.org and WordPress.com, like when people say WordPress, they just say WordPress. They don't right. think like, oh, I have WordPress self-hosted or wherever, or I have WordPress.com. And right. so Apple themselves, and I do this all the time because I use WordPress, I, I mess up all the time where I'm like, oh, I'm going to go download WordPress, and I just naturally go to WordPress.com, and they go like, where the hell is WordPress? Like, where the hell can I download this? And it's like, oh, damn it, I got to go to the other one. And so, like, Apple is obviously not, like, with their nose to the, or to their ear to the ground of just WordPress all the time. <laughs> right. So they probably made the mistake of like, hey, what the hell? There's no free service here. So it could have been a mistake there. It could have just been a total mistake of an aud- like one of their app auditors or whatever they call them. Yeah, um, they did apologize for the confusion, and it was handled like within a totally reasonable amount of time. So it just sounded yeah, like it was and, like a it was like a mistake. And people thought the developer or like, people were getting angry at this, and the developer wasn't. If you actually read his tweets and stuff, and and his last tweet is actually I'm very it says I'm very grateful for the, uh, that folks at Apple re-reviewed WordPress iOS and have let us know that we do not need to implement an in-app purchase uh, to be able to continue to update the app. And then they also said, bad news travels faster than good, usually. So please consider sharing uh, that they reverse course. Yeah, the guy the guy was totally chilled, totally professional. Like, yeah. the actual, like, the actual situation was not, like, two people yelling at each other. It was like, can I do this? No. Yeah. How about this? No. Okay. The, the internet makes it seem that way. Yeah. Hmm. So anyway, that's good. At least, at least somebody got uh, got what they wanted. It's definitely an interesting time for uh, for Apple. Mm-hmm. It's uh, it's going to be interesting to see what happens if this thirty percent thing uh, gets changed. So if it gets changed to twenty percent, like the cost is going to get passed down to us, probably, eh? Uh, what do you mean? Like the the iPhone will go up by a couple hundred or something. Um, that's what I would do. I don't. I don't know I'm because honest. I don't think from, I don't. Go ahead. From what I'm hearing is that I was talking to you about this too, Matt. Is that we're moving into a service economy mm-hmm. where everyone is basically in their camp. You're either iOS or Android, you know, Mac or Windows. Um, and now the way to make money is by selling services mm-hmm. to people. So they need people on those platforms. So making your money off the iPhone hardware is no longer as important as just keeping them on that hardware so they can buy services. Yeah. So they're, they're actually, apparently, from what I'm hearing, Apple is looking at lowering the price of the iPhone so it's, it's more accessible, but they'll make that money back by selling you services. I will say Apple. that Apple is quick to jump on my damn low iCloud storage. The instant I plug my friggin' iPad in, plug my iPad in, go on my computer, I get an email in like in like fourteen seconds. It's like, hey, you you're low on iCloud storage. Like, get the hell out of here, Apple. I, I don't I don't even utilize that. Like, I I use maybe like half a gig max. Why? Well, that's just device backups for me. You know what's yeah. gonna happen though? Even Epic is saying like, um, they think that thirty thirty percent is too high. They're doing whatever twelve percent on their own service. If they take if Apple lowers theirs to like let's say twenty. I think that's going to be the first domino where all services now are going to have to switch to that. So uh, Nintendo charges 30%. Sony charges 30%. Xbox charges 30%. As I say, it, it, it's just, it's just going to... 30%. I think then it's all going to come tumbling down. Yeah, exactly. That was, that was going to be my my 
point. It's just like if you if Apple folds and even brings it down one percent, it's just going to create this constant like push and push and push, and it's going to be like why why is it not lower? Why can we not lower it again and again and again? And then uh, they'll have to figure out another way to make money. Well, let me ask you this: is so we assume like everyone everyone's at whatever percentage they are. We you just said that if Apple lowers it below epic this is crazy <laughs> yeah this is just crazy. this is total like crazy but if they go i, I can't remember what epic is epic is at but if they go one percent lower than epic than the epic's games launcher does epic have to lower theirs then <laughs> it kind of would make them look bad but you know what i mean yeah but that's not gonna happen though and also another quick thing bringing it back to gaming is could the writing on the wall have already been there so when i say that i mean with like could some of these game companies realized that the platform costs may not uh be at the 30 percent or whatever they charge forever and that's why there's such a focus on first party stuff because realistically like i was telling ryan earlier is that on my xbox i've played like i want to say two and it's probably more but off the top of my head two first party games it's very little. Most of the time I'm playing COD or I'm playing something like that. I'm not really playing, you know, Gears of War all the time or Halo all the time or something. So, like, it, it was the writing on the wall for these companies where they were like, okay, like Xbox was like, okay, we got to get some Xbox Game Studio stuff going. And then Sony was like, all right, let's give our developers some room. Let's experiment a little bit with our first party formula. And let's make sure that if we got to lower this down to 10%, like our cut down to 10% or something really low, we're able to sustain ourselves like yeah. by ourselves. Yeah. It's, it's weird because one of the arguments people make is that, um, that Apple doesn't have to, they're not charged 30% for their own services. And so it's, it's unfair competitively, you know, but it was, what's weird about that is like, who are they going to pay 30% to? And, and and if you yeah, have a game on on PlayStation, this 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 happens on PlayStation too. Uh, Sony does not charge themselves thirty percent for their own games, but they charge everyone else thirty percent for their games. Apparently, that's not anti-competitiveness. It could There's be just a bunch the... of inconsistencies here with 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 um, platform providers. Well, I was going to say it could be the exclusivity of a console where when you're on that console, you're really on that console. That's, that's Tim Sweeney's argument, apparently. Where it's like you're get you're using everything. You're using their chat. You're using their messages. Yeah, you're using and the fact their... that they oftentimes subsidize their consoles uh, and sell them at a at a at a loss just to get them in the hands of people who can buy software, right? Like yeah, because you got to buy their for the most part controllers. You're usually yeah. going to buy their headsets. I think I think Apple would have a better way of defending justifying the thirty percent if they literally broke down like just hey everyone this is what the 30 percent is covering this is covering this percentage is covering infrastructure costs this one's covering personnel for review this one's covering you know any sort of insurance and liability on our front and like i think if they just broke down the 30 percent, i think people are more willing to accept it and swallow it well that's the thing because, too is like apple spends you know millions of dollars on advertising 
for the iPhone to get it into mm-hmm. the hands of consumers, you know? Yeah. But anyway, I think it's, it's a complicated, uh, complicated, uh, uh, situation. Who knows who's right, really, you know? It's absolutely, a, it's absolutely a tug of war, chicken and egg, like you said, same type of thing. It's definitely like, you know, I'm sure that, uh, Samsung could release Tizen or Tizen or whatever the hell they call it on a phone, but then who the hell is going to be there yeah. buying that with no apps, you know? Yeah. Unless they just forced it and they said all Samsung devices going forward will be Tizen. And if you're not there, you're, you know, Samsung phones are going to buy Samsung phones again, though. But who, wait, what? Don't you think the Samsung, like, audience is going to buy the next Samsung phone? No. Like, I feel like there's there's going to be a group of people that certainly do. I feel like there's going to be a more gradual fall off. What if they push an update to all phones saying if you're getting a brand new operating system? All these people are going to have, you know, have these updates and your app's not going to be on there. Wouldn't that force the developer to then, you know, put their app on there? I do know that big apps probably wouldn't care. Like something like Twitter or like, and I'm just shooting this, like I'm just spitballing, uh, speculating, but like big apps probably wouldn't care. Like think about WhatsApp. Like does WhatsApp care? Like if, if you if you take... If, yeah, if Samsung, uh, Samsung so. goes to hell Samsung's... with everyone, if Samsung goes to hell with everybody, next year we're going to release the new S30 series, and they're all going to be Tizen. We're going to take, you know, we're going to take the market by storm. They show up, they take one percent of the market. It's like, oh, what are those guys doing over there? No, but that's what I'm saying. You send an update to the the, the current phones. I'll be honest. I'd probably just go get a new phone that day. No, you you have to announce this to the developers. You know what I mean? Like a like a a year in advance or so, saying that your your apps better be ready because this update's coming in a year, and and all these users like if your app's broken on that they're going to be complaining to you. Well, here's here here's the tug of war there. If you're an indie developer, okay, going on to Tizen at that point is a risk because you you don't have a lot of time, you don't have a lot of staff, and so if you're or an indie dev, developer or a small developer, some sort of app developer. Going on to Tizen is a risk because it's a brand new platform. You don't know how many people are going to be buying it. There's there's a risk there, okay? If you are and, – and, and also there's recovery time. So any time you spend recovering as an indie, indie dev will have will, – will be hurt – like it will hit you harder than it would like somebody like Apple. Apple, on the other hand, can say, let's go see what that Tizen's doing. We'll wait for it to come out. Wait a year, then we'll put out Apple Music on it. Right. And that's where you get your problem at launch because Samsung comes like this is all speculation. Samsung says they're gonna release this this great this great software. They come out with the, these new phones. That they hear about the bad sales. Now now mm. all the app devs don't want to go there because they got bad sales. All the stories start snowballing that they, that it has bad sales. No apps, no sales. No sales, no apps. It's just a snowball and then you're done. You're dead in the water instantly. Yeah. Like, you would have to... you Because think about Discord. Like, is Discord going to be like, oh my god, like... Not the new Tizen. Like, you know... Like, they, they have a big enough team, I'm sure, to say, oh, damn. Like, we should get an app out there. Well, we'll just put a web app out right now. You know, we'll wrap it, whatever. Put it on the device. And then we'll we'll make a... You know, we'll make a native app later. I think I think if Samsung said we're dropping Android and and everything, all current phones and all future phones, 
will be Tizen. I think that could budge somewhat. I think you they're you the biggest. The off. You can't just say, oh, we want to make it easy for developers to transition and have this like five year time scale. It's like, no, no one's going to do that then. But how, how's, how's that, how's that Microsoft store doing? How's that Windows phone doing? Or look, the, 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 look what Apple's doing with their switch to um, ARM chips. They're, they're, they built a piece of software that just ports over your, your software. The problem is, though, is you probably wouldn't be able to get Google Play services. Oh. Oh, yeah. Because that's what happened to BlackBerry 10 devices. You could run Android right. device, Android apps, but you couldn't have Google Play services. Now, maybe there was a hack or something out there. Who who knows? But, like, out of the box, you go to download Android app. You, don't, you, you can't have Google Play services. So then it's like, well, okay. And then if yeah. the app needs it or if the app gets enhanced by it, now you're constantly being bugged by a window that says you can't sign in or whatever. It's annoying. And it's not as nice. That's that's the problem. Yeah. I Samsung has the best chance. I'm at like a 90% chance of failure in my own head, my own opinion. If and and this whole thing is speculation, to be clear. Alright, well we're 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 uh, way off topic here. Um that's all we got for this week. Adriano buy Avengers. I will probably end up buying it, and I will probably end up regretting it. <laughs> I don't think no, I don't think you're going to regret it when you play with us. Like it's just a co-op game. Like who cares? When when you phrase it like that, yes, okay. When you're absolutely when you when you when you put it like that, I agree with you. But then when you start rhyming off like battle pass, cosmetics, and like I just see the motivation behind everything in the game, like that's where like okay, they're starting to lose me. Like I know it's there. But if you keep on just talking about the social multiplayer aspect of it, you'll get me to purchase it. But so don't like don't like even mention the battle pass and all the predatory purchasing stuff that they have in there, because then that's how you lose me. To be fair, it's in every game now, pretty much. Like this is this is gaming. I know. <laughs> Think about this. Think about this. This total random thing. What if game prices go up and then they also still have all these monetization methods in there? What do you mean? That's absolutely what's going to happen. Isn't that, isn't that great? Yeah. <laughs> All right. We'll, we'll um, me and Matt stream on the Twitch. Twitch.tv slash Media. And please uh, subscribe on your favorite podcast services if you uh, like what you're listening to. Um, I'll see you guys next week. Why was that such a sad little, like, quiet ending, Ryan? What the heck was that? No, Come on, no, bud. Nothing. Because he's gotta... he's sad he's sad about Avengers as well. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> Goodbye. Follow us on Twitch. Peace.